everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi. Today, I want to talk about how networking got me my career. You've probably heard it a lot that the music industry is like 90% who you know. And I have found that to be very true, I'm not going to lie to you. Now, before we dive in, though, I want to apologize in advance for the not-so-great quality of this recording. Somehow, my microphone broke. And I don't know if it's my mic or if it's my laptop that's causing issues, but I wanted to record this episode, and I didn't have enough time to figure out what was truly going on and do troubleshooting before I wanted to get this out to you. So... Bear with me. Again, I apologize for the poor quality, but hopefully we'll be back up to snuff by next week. Otherwise, though, let's dive into today's topic. So I was thinking a lot about networking over the past few weeks and networking as it relates to sales and growing your fan base and crafting your offers and selling your offers as a musician. And when I was really reflecting on networking as a whole and connections as a whole, I realized that my whole career is all to do with networking. So we're going to do a little storytelling today and a little bit of reflecting on why networking is so important and what kind of networking is important. Let's flash back all the way to when I was still in college studying music business at NYU. While I was there, I did a variety of internships. I obviously took classes regarding music and music business, and so I was experiencing a lot networking with a lot of people just by nature of being in school and, you know, doing internships and stuff like that. But it was in my senior year where I kind of started to have that panic set in of, okay, I don't have a job yet, I'm going to have to get a job soon, and I don't really know what it is I want to do. Even at that point, I really had a strong feeling that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and that I wanted to do my own thing. We had had a class that was called entrepreneur. I think it was literally just called entrepreneurship <laughs> or maybe it was music entrepreneurship. I'm not sure, but it was literally entrepreneurship um, in music. And so as part of the class, we had to all pitch ideas for a startup. And then we broke up into groups. We like voted on ideas. We broke up into groups. Each group took one idea, ran with it, you know, really fleshed it out, did the market research, tested it out, did presentations to see how it would be viable. So my idea got picked, which this was an idea. Don't steal my idea. It's copyrighted in my brain. (laughs) This was my idea was to do a like dating app, but for songwriters to find co-writers. So think like Tinder, but to find co-writers. So that was my idea. And we did a whole presentation, like we spent a whole semester working on it and flashing it out. And so when I was gearing up to graduate, I was like, do I keep going with this app? Do I try to get a different job? What do I do? I was super torn. And the truth is that I still didn't really know what I was meant for. But I knew that I was being called to an entrepreneur, um, entrepreneurial path. However, the truth is that creating an app is quite hard. It requires a lot of capital and a lot of tech knowledge, which I don't have. So I would have had to find a partner that I liked and trusted to do the tech stuff. And where I was at in my life and my career, I just wasn't really finding that. So eventually I slowly decided to abandon the app idea as far as making it happen in that moment. Who knows though, maybe it'll make a comeback. I still think it's a good idea. So if you're listening to this episode and you also think it's a good idea, let me know. If you think it's a bad idea, also let me know because I won't waste my time. (laughs) But anyway, that's a total aside. So I'm approaching the end of my senior year. I'm not sure what I want to do. And I come into this place where I'm like, okay, 
I got to figure some things out. What am I going to do? I think I need to talk to people. I think I need to start connecting with people so that I can start to put my name out there for a job. Now, my last semester of senior year, I was working at a publishing company in the sync department. And I thought that sync would be something really interesting to me that I would want to pursue. So I decided that I would start to network. I would basically reach out via every platform I knew how. I think the big platforms that I was using at that time were women in music and their email network and Facebook groups like Music Viz Besties and a few other ones as well. And so I was just kind of going there, connecting, saying, hey, does anybody work in music supervision or music publishing? And would you be interested in just chatting with me? Um, I'd love to hear more about what you do and yada, yada, yada. So I do think that my approach was was right in that sense. And I ended up taking a lot of meetings with people who were so kind to be able to welcome me into their office or meet, you know, at a Starbucks and just chat with me about what they do, their career path, how they like it, um, what it kind of takes to do that kind of thing, uh, things like that. At the time, I thought I was successful in networking because I was connecting with a lot of people and taking a lot of meetings and putting my name out there. Like people said like, yes, if we hear of a job, I'll definitely think of you, send me your resume, stuff like that. However, looking back at it now, I can see that that really did not make any major input in my career, aside from being able to talk to people and get a feel for the potential of the music publishing world and the sync world. It didn't do me any good in actually getting a job because I never really kept in touch with those people after our initial meeting, maybe a couple back and forths, but nothing super intense. And because we didn't establish any clear relationship, I wasn't really doing anything for them. I'll be honest, like I wasn't providing anything for them. I wasn't interning for them. And they were keeping an eye out for me. But also, again, you know, who am I? I'm just a person they met once. Depending on the power they have for getting jobs in specific areas, it's not like their input might mean too much. So when I reflect on that situation, I remember spending so much time quote unquote networking, but I don't think I really saw results from that. Certainly not the results that I would have liked to see, which was one of these people I'm connecting with gets me a job quickly and easily. No, in fact, I ended up getting a job eight months after graduation, which is a long time. <laughs> I didn't love that. Luckily, I did have another non-music related job that I was working during that period. And I also did my yoga teacher training during that period. So I always say everything happens for a reason. It's cheesy, but it's true. I really find that the timing of everything was so perfect. I was able to work a job while I continue to live in my own apartment in New York City and afford it for this whole summer after graduation and be able to take a summer figuring out what I wanted to do and spending time with friends and stuff like that. And then when September came, I was able to do my yoga teacher training while I was in the interview process with the job that I ended up getting. So literally, it all worked out perfectly. It could not have worked out better. But during the time, I was like, oh, gee, why is it taking me eight freaking months to get a job? <laughs> that didn't sit too well with me. But it all worked out. And I will tell you even more how and why it worked out all to do with networking as we progress with this story. So it's May, I graduate, and I still don't have a job. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm still performing and writing and doing my artist thing. And I still have my other job. So we're okay, like I want to get a job in the music industry. Um, 
which is a whole other story because of course, like I've already said, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but the idea wasn't quite there. We had the app idea, but the execution wasn't going to be easy and it just wasn't the right time for that. So I kind of just decided, I guess I'll just get a normal job because that's what I thought I had to do. That's what I thought was normal, expected of me. You know the whole story that happens. So I guess it must have been early May or maybe late April, but sometime around right before graduation, in the Women in Music email network, Ashley Curvabon had emailed. Now, Ashley is the founder of Women Crush Music. It was an organization originally started in Portland because that's where Ashley was living when she started it. But Ashley's from New York. So that month she was coming back to visit and she said, hey, I want to do our first New York showcase. Does anybody want to play it? Of course, me, eager, jobless, music, musician, music industry professional. I was like, hey, I got nothing better to do. I would absolutely love to play the show. It was at Rockwood, stage one, first show in New York City. And, you know, I was just jumping at every and any opportunity to play or collaborate. And this was a great one. So it was the day after graduation or a couple days after graduation where I played this first show in New York City as an artist um, for the first Woman Crush New York showcase and at that showcase I had said to Ashley hey I love what you're doing the nonprofit, uh especially at that time it was a startup to help women in music have a community and be supported and have opportunities and gigs and stuff like that so w while we were at the gig I went up to her and I said thank you so much for having me if you ever need any help I have time on my hands I would love to be of assistance however whatever way I can so pretty much the whole summer, nothing really happened. I stayed connected with Ashley and we talked, but there was no um, obvious progress with that until about September. And when September hit, Ashley was taking it more seriously to start a chapter in New York City. And it was at that point where things progressed that I became a team member of Women Crush Music. I became the New York City chapter leader, then the head of marketing, and then the... Uh, I don't even remember what my final title was. Basically, it was like COO, vice president stature. Um, so while I'm no longer with the organization, that experience was absolutely incredible. And it all happened simply because of networking and because of forming genuine connections and putting myself out there. And it only took one person to do this. So Ashley and I connected, we became friends, we chatted often, we stayed in touch and I was willing to provide something. Now, this is the key, right? When I connected and chatted with Ashley at the show, I told her how I could serve her, how I could help her, and how I could be of support to Women Crush Music. But there was also no pressure or expectations attached to it. I felt really passionate about the work she was doing, and I felt that it was something I wanted to be involved with. So it came from a really good place of, you know, being honest, open, genuine, authentic, all of those juicy words that you might use for a situation like this. Really just like honest and real. That's what it comes down to. It was real. It wasn't like a fabricated thing where I was like, I have to reach out to all these people. Now, I'm not saying that that was a bad strategy for me to use or for you to use when you are trying to broaden your reach and make more connections. But the thing that I've learned up until this point of the story and also for the rest of my career so far is that what really matters is making genuine connections, not making a ton of connections that don't actually end up leading to anything. So long story short on the Women Crush track, 
I started with them, worked with Women Crush for, I want to say, two and a half, three-ish years. Um, like I said, I'm no longer with the organization, but still support them and support their mission and love Ashley. But during my time there, I was, again, able to connect with people. And this came from a very genuine way. So we would put on showcases and we would put on events in New York City, uh, as well as having our Facebook groups for Women Crush Music. So during this time, I was booking the artists, I was organizing all of the events, connecting with potential speakers. I was talking to a lot of people who would end up playing and speaking and being at the events with us, and also people who would potentially do that in the future or who might be a good fit for next time or who were interested. So as you can tell, I was connecting with a lot of people by nature of my job. Now, some of those people I talked to once and I never spoke with again. But some of those people, when we met in person, we really connected, we stayed connected online, and I was able to be of support to those people or work with those people or simply just have a continued connection with them, which is something that will stay with me forever. Because again, a lot of these women I'm still connected with they were able to take so much from Women Crush Music and now they've followed me onto my journey becoming a coach and are able to get value from that, listen to the podcast, and I'm providing value for them in our relationship. Now, not only was Women Crush a gig that I got from networking and making a genuine connection valuable for continuing to network and make genuine connections, but it also helped me in my career now and in getting my eventual job. As far as it goes now as a coach, it gave me my foundation for coaching people, for learning about literally every single aspect of the music industry. Because as a startup, as a nonprofit startup, we were literally doing everything. Press, booking, artist development in some ways, giving advice when we had the Music uh, Woman Crush Collective. Like we did so much stuff. We had all hands on deck because that's how it works when you're a nonprofit. And so the learning experience there prepared me to start my own business 100%. Now it also helped me, I believe, to land the job that I landed in music publishing, which is the job that I was in before I did quit to start my own business. Now all of our Women Crush team members were volunteer, so I was working for free. But of course it was something that I could put on my resume, and I think it was a very important and impressive part of my resume. But getting my job in music publishing wasn't all to do with my work with Women Crush. It also had to do with connections and, in this case, school. The publishing company I ended up getting a job with, I had an in, in a way, because one of my former professors used to work there. In fact, she helped start the company. So when I applied, I was able to mention her name and say, hey, I actually know about this um, company and I have known about this company for years now because of this teacher. And I know what you guys are about. I really love it. I've heard great things and I'd love to be a part of it. Then when we, when I went in for the interview, we were able again to talk about that. Oh, you know, you did this class. Oh, what did you do for this project that she gives? So it was an immediate point of connection. It was an immediate thing that they could pick me out from the crowd from, you know, let's say they get 10 or even 50 applications, but they're all somewhat impersonal. And they're all saying, hi, person, I would like to work at your company. I think this company is great because blah, blah, blah. Instead, they were able to read mine and see 
a connection that was already made, you know, a mutual friend, a mutual connection, a mutual thing that we have in common or something that really shows first, I mean, first and foremost, when you're applying to a job, you definitely want to show that you're interested in the company that you know what the company's all about and things like that. And having this connection definitely did that. So in the end, I ended up landing that job. I worked in that job for two plus years while I also continued to work at Women Crush until I eventually decided that it was time for me to leave and start my own business. Now, if you've listened to any interviews I've done before or even the very beginning of this podcast, you will hear me talk about why that was. There's a lot of reasons. The main was that, number one, I realized that Well, I wanted to serve songwriters, and that was a big reason of me thinking that music publishing would be a good fit for me. I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I wanted to be my own boss, and I wanted to do it in my own way. I didn't really see the growth trajectory for me in music publishing because I wasn't in love with it. But I knew that I had ideas and I had ways that I wanted to serve people out on my own. At first, I wasn't quite sure how I would do that. You know, I really am passionate about press and social media marketing, particularly at that time. But I was also really passionate about mental health. So I ended up deciding that when I started my business, I wanted to focus on this mental health aspect of things, self-care, and really helping to eliminate the burnout that we often see in the music industry. And that's what happened. And since then, I've been able to grow my business through a combination of keeping the connections that I had made years and years ago and focusing on making new, genuine connections. My audience might not be huge. You know, this kind of really comes full circle to our episode several weeks ago where I talked about why your follower account doesn't matter. Right now, my audience is still relatively small. And my follower account on Instagram isn't enough for me to get the swipe up feature. So, you know, we're working towards it. (laughs) But... It doesn't matter because the people that follow me, the people that I am friendly with and connected with and in my network are people that I am genuinely connected with, not just people who I met once and never spoke to again. And I'm never going to speak to again. Instead, these are people who I connect with on a more personal level. And that's really the key is that you want to connect with people on a personal level. Instead of just feeling like you need to use everybody or like you need a network just to get opportunities. Opportunities come once you've created a genuine connection with someone. Once you have that genuine connection, then people will refer you out for gigs or think of you for opportunities or send things your way. But they're not going to do it just because you shoved yourself in their face and said, hey, I'm this person and I asked for this. It's so, so important to be focusing on the genuine connections. If you can hear banging in the background, that would be Ziggy. He is banging on a cardboard box, making a lot of noise. Don't mind the dog. He's crazy. (laughs) But that pretty much brings us to the end of today's episode. It was so nice having this chat and reflecting on, you know, my journey here, really my journey over the past several years to create the music career that I am obsessed with today, and how much networking and more so creating genuine relationships with people has made a huge impact on that. I don't remember what the exact saying is, but I really think it's something like the music industry is 80% connections, 10% talent, 10% luck. I might have fully pulled that out of my butt, but It's got to be something like that. (laughs) And if not, I'm making that the saying today because it really is true. No matter how talented you are, no matter how dedicated you are, 
no matter no matter how committed you are, no matter how many networking events you go to, if you are only networking at a surface level and you're not going deep and you're not making an effort to connect with smaller amount of people but making genuine connections in that relationship, then what are you doing it for? We've got to have people who we can rely on and who we are supporting. Ask yourself, what can I offer this person and not what they can offer me? Because when the time comes for them to offer you something, they will. When the time comes that they have an opportunity that they want to refer you to, they will do that. And when you need their support to promote a song or share a course that you've launched or whatever it might be, they're the person you can go to and you can ask to do that because you have a strong relationship, a strong foundation, and you've been there to support them in the past. I just realized I have one more thing I want to say on this too. Because being a coach, I've been able to connect with so many other online coaches in the music industry. And there are a lot more that are starting to pop up in this sort of like new online coach um, phase. I don't know what else to call it. But there's a lot of other new online music industry specific coaches out there. And you might think that other women who are coaches in the music industry might be sort of like um, competing with each other. I don't find that to be the case at all. And the reason is because that, at least in my case, I have made genuine friendships with so many of these people. And also, you know, I believe in abundance mindset and that there's enough clients out there for all of us to get clients, even if we're doing similar things, because you're going to resonate with a certain and specific vibe and the way someone teaches something and be able to get value from a bunch of different people. So there's no scarcity necessary, right? But... More than that, because I've been able to form genuine connections with these people and friendships, I feel like I'm using the word genuine so much in this episode and it's it's starting to lose its value. So I'm going to try to stop saying it, but I do hope you know what I mean when I say that. Um, but really what I mean in this case is friendships. Like we have actual friendships and... That means that when one of us is launching something new or wants to do a collaborative live to talk about something that they're kind of jamming on right now, we can do that and we're able to be there for each other when it works out. Because keep in mind, sometimes, um, you know, a friend wants to do an affiliate launch or asks if you can promote this thing and it might not work with my schedule. A friend might ask me that and it doesn't work with my schedule and I have to say no, but I'm not saying no out of like, no, I can't do this from you. It's just like, not this time, but next time I've got your back. I'll do what I can to support you. And so because of that, I know that I'm always showing up for my friends and fellow coaches when they need me. And I also know that they will show up for me when I need them. So that's something to think about as well. Whether you are a coach, teacher, artist, or all three of those things, How can you connect with people who are in your space in a way that's not competitive, but that's collaborative and that's supportive? Because again, I know I've been able to grow my audience because I've made friends with these people, because I have such amazing friendships and people in my network who will support me and who do support me when I need it and when I ask for it. And that's also because again, to stress, I do it back for them. I'm there to support them. It cannot be a one-way street. It's got to be a two-way street. If you feel like you're putting in all the effort and the other person's not giving it back to you, maybe that's not the relationship for you. And if you feel like you're trying to just network your head off, but you never offer anything to anyone in exchange, that's also something I want you to reflect on and see how you can do better. 
Okay. Now it's the end of the episode. <laughs> I'm so glad I remembered that because that was a good rant and a very necessary one. And I want to give a shout out to all of my incredible women in music, coaches who I love, friends that I have made along the way. Um, Ashley Kervabon, who's the founder of Women Crush Music. All of my other Women Crush Music colleagues that I worked with during my time there. All of my other coaches, Brianna Rellis, Megan Kuhar, Angela Mastro Giacomo, Bree Noble. I mean, really, there's so many. I shouldn't have started naming names because now I'm definitely going to forget. But there are so many people out there that I just couldn't have gone on this journey. And it certainly wouldn't have been as fun without being able to have you in my network, in my sphere. And I just love you all so much. And I love all of you listeners so, so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Out to Be podcast. Let me know what your big takeaways from this episode were. I can't wait to hear from you. If you want the Songwriters app to happen, I think we were calling it Songwriters Connect. Terrible name, but we can work on it. DM me, at Katie Zuccardi on Instagram. Let's talk about it. Um, otherwise, I will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.